Nation, my family, my people. It's another Monday, Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I don't know when you listen to this. It doesn't matter, but it's another fire episode of No Ordinary Church Girl Candid Conversations on Love, Pain, and everything in between. You guys know what we do up in here. Let's get into it. So we're, uh, you guys know you're my therapy, right? And and just so we're clear, I am not from Texas, for those of you who've seen on Instagram and Facebook and all that and whatnot. I'm not from Texas. I'm from Michigan. I think we've talked about that previously. But nevertheless, let me just remind you, I say you guys because that's what we say in the Midwest. I'm from Michigan and that's what we do. So if you don't like it, sorry, not sorry. It is what it is. It's my lingo. So there. (laughs) But I have some therapy for you all. So let's get into some news you certainly won't use. Last week's news you most certainly won't use. All right. So um, I don't think I've talked about this enough. Uh, My mother lives with me. This is interesting. Um, having mom live with you can be, um, for lack of a better way of saying, a uh, challenge. As you can say, I'm saying a lot of of, uh, which is not what I do, because I'm trying to be careful in the event she ever decides to listen, because my mother doesn't listen to the podcast. I think that's just, she's just special like that. She's 61 and special. How about that? But I moved her down here, and she decided that she doesn't like Texas. She's moving back. Wah, wah. <laughs> so, yeah, Um She decided Texas is not for her. And I kind of understand why. When you think about uh, 61, you lived in the same city and state all your life. And then your daughter decides, hey, move to Texas with me. I need my mom. She's like, yeah, no. (laughs) It's kind of interesting. But I get it. You you have to think. I come from a very independent woman. Um, Her mother, my grandmother, was a very independent woman. And so you bring her to Texas with no friends and just me, who is very busy, with two very busy boys. And guess what? She's bored. I get it. So she's going back. So now I'm starting to realize all the things that she actually does in the house because I guess I've gotten a little lazy. Like she cleans up, she cooks. You know, I haven't done that in like almost a year and a half, almost two years she's been here. So I started thinking about the things I need to start doing again. I was like, I got to pick up the kids again. (laughs) I'm like, you sure you want to go? Where's my help? So... Yeah, that's been interesting. But shout out to all of those who have moms who live with them or are caretakers of your parents. It is uh, interesting considering they get real dictator-like. Like my mother feels the need to go back to when I was 10. I'm like, hey, lady, I'm 43. Give me some respect here. <laughs> so, yeah, but if you're me and my mother, you got to be careful because you might lose your tongue and everything with it if you don't say it the right way. <laughs> so, yeah, that's been interesting. Living with mom and dating. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just leave it right there. Uh, and other news that you will not use. Um, it's no makeup November. How you like that? I have decided that I'm not wearing makeup all month long. I think the guys have like no shave November, right? And it was for different charities. So I've decided to do no makeup November. So it's been interesting, but it's a level of freedom that I actually enjoy. Um, I enjoy it because my morning routine is so much easier. I like wake up like the boys. I just put my clothes on and, you know, I don't have to do no eyebrows or no concealers and no highlightings and nothing. I don't wear lashes when I'm going out somewhere fancy, so. Yeah, it's been great. So ladies, if you want to give your skin some breathing room. And then I started reading, you know, some of the ingredients on my makeup. And I got a little concerned about some of the things I read. 
And I said, well, let's change that too. So it's going to be an interesting time when I get back into wearing makeup, which honestly, I don't know, guys. My morning routine is so great, so easy. And then I'm like gotten really lazy where I'm wearing my hair curly all the time. I hardly ever straighten my hair anymore. So mm, I might be going back to the caveman days here soon. No shaving, no makeup. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Calm down. Don't worry. Especially for Demario. <laughs> Shout out to Demario. Mister, don't be concerned. I, I won't embarrass you in front of your friends. <laughs> but it's been fun. I have to tell you, No Makeup November has been freeing. Um, more on a personal level, I've been able to just kind of see some little things that I would cover up that I'm like, hey, that's not bad for 43. I know some 33 and 23-year-olds whose skin don't look like mine. How about that? You like it? I like it. I don't know. It's just a thought. No shade on the youngins, okay? I'm seasoned. You're learning. Take it from me. Less is more, okay? Just, just, just something I want to throw out there. So if you want to join in, please let me know. Send me pictures. You guys know I love my DMs that you send me in Facebook and Instagram. Show me what you look like. I want to celebrate you. It's a freeing moment to say, hey, take me as I am, which actually ties into today's topic. We're not going there just yet. So my babies, I haven't talked about them in a while. So let me tell you, my sons, they stink. Yeah, they stink. Like, they stink, stink. <laughs> There's all these changes. So one is experimenting with uh, cologne, and it's been hilarious. My oldest, he's like really into how he smells, and he's going through all these different things about how he smells, certain colognes he wants to wear. And I'm like, okay, that's that's different. Um, and it stinks. Like, some of it's stronger than others. His father's been buying different ones, experimenting. I'm like... Yeah, I don't like that, son. I, it stinks. Can we do something else? <laughs> and he's like, really, mom? <laughs> like, yeah, you stink. Then you have my youngest, the 13-year-old, who is telling me it's okay to be funky because it's puberty. Really? How about I don't want the funk in my house and I definitely don't want it in my car. So you're going to have to take a shower. Sorry, not sorry, because you stink. So <laughs> my sons, they didn't like me talking about all the other stuff. But guess what? This is my therapy. You guys get to join in, in my life, and this is what we do, and they stink. My sons stink, guys. One's trying to wear all this crazy cologne that's, like, tearing my nose up. The other one's, this body odor is out of control, and he won't listen. He doesn't want to take showers, and he's blaming it on puberty. Oh, my Lord. You guys pray for me, okay? It's been it's been interesting. And not to mention, here's what's amazing, ladies. My 13-year-old, I don't know if his looks are like just really helping him be this lady killer or whatever, but he still gets girlfriends. I'm still struggling with the fact that he tells me he has girlfriends. Like that's, I'm grateful, right? You got to be grateful that he talks to you. You know, you want your kids to share. You want to know what's going on. That's That's nice. But, you know, just the fact that he's like, mom. I told you in the fifth grade I had my first kiss, but you didn't believe me. And I'm just like, really? Really, kid? Really? It, it, really? Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> this is where we're going. So y'all pray for me, please. I need it because my two sons are taking me on a journey that I don't know how I feel about it. One minute I'm like, where's my baby boys? And then I'm like, what is this? And where's the girl who's going to take you away? Because they're just too much. So yeah, pray for me. That's all I got for you. So I don't know how you felt about it. I don't really care because it's my therapy and I wanted to get it off my chest. Thank God that's over. Little girl. I'm telling you, that little girl... I am a Christian, but I might choke her one day. And if you see me on the news that I choked this iBot or what, <laughs> I promise you, I have feelings too. Okay? Just saying. But that that's okay. That's okay. So I want to introduce today's topic a little differently. You guys know we're in the series of cuddle season, and uh, we're having a little transition that you need to get into the right headspace. So let's do it. Welcome to Cozy Convos with Cole. I'm so glad you're here. 
Now talk to me. <laughs> now get your head out the gutter. I did that on purpose because I know all of you heard that and you started going places you're not supposed to go. Jesus help you. I'm just saying. <laughs> to know me is to know I'm a comedian and I'm going to use anything. I get revelation from everywhere. And so, yeah, I did that. Now get your headspace where it needs to be. But it's in cuddle season, right? That's what we're talking about. The series is cuddle season. And I'm just thinking about the time of year and this time of year, it seems like the fall, winter, spring, summer, people want to be booed up, right? It just seems that way to me. Also seems like um, on another side is a lot of deaths or we deal with a lot of uh, depression, usually around the holidays, right? Is that just something that always happens now? I think that's just what we focus on, what we tend to uh, illuminate, right? But we're talking cuddle season. We're talking relationships and what it is uh, to foster healthy and helpful relationships, right? Using God's word and using the principles that he lays out. Now, I want to be clear, guys. Let's start with the foundation of God's word. And why do I do that? Because I speak it often, and you all know this, that I am a woman who believes that God's word is rich in principle, right? The principles of life. He He gives it to you in relationships, in business, um, in life in general, right? We're talking about how to follow his word and take the principles he gives and apply it in everyday life. And so that's why I always want to start with the foundation of his word. And so I was reading during my devotional time and I started thinking you know, about this topic we're going to go into today, which is be a sanctuary, what it is to be a sanctuary. And so I wanted to read from you in the New Living's Translation, 1 John 4, 18. That's 1 John, the fourth chapter, 18th verse. It says this, this is the New Living Translation. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. Now, before I go into what it is to be a sanctuary, and we're talking cuddle season, once again, relationships, getting booed up, whatever way you want to look at it, guys. Um, I want you to go back in your private time when you're able to really just center yourself, be in a quiet space. Go to 1 Corinthians, the, four, the 13th chapter, starting at the fourth verse, okay? Again, 1 Corinthians, starting at the 13th chapter, fourth verse through the seventh verse. Why am I telling you that? You need to go back and revisit what does God say love is? Now, depending on what cuddle season means to you, let me tell you where I'm coming from as we continue to go down this series. I'm talking about building relationships that have a foundation of love, a foundation of God's love, right? And the reason that I'm so particular in talking about it, because I see so many people suffer so much when it comes to building relationships, and especially during the time where they get a little more vulnerable, they get a little more desperate to find that person because it seems like everybody's got their boo or everybody's doing something with the families, right? And I think there's some and something important about knowing who you are, whose you are, and also who you be who you should be connecting to. But if you don't know what love is and you don't know the foundation of what love exudes and how you should identify if a person is operating out of the spirit of God's love, you will get into some serious traps, snares, uh, just all types of mess that you could avoid if you really just look at what is love. What's the foundation of what love truly is? So revisit 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting at the fourth verse through the seventh verse. I really want you to take that in and then go back to the scripture we're using today which is 1 John chapter 4, 18. I said a lot, but let's break this down a little bit. So be a sanctuary. What is it to be a sanctuary? So I looked up the definition of a sanctuary. And so um, the definition that I really was drawn to that I'm going to read from today, uh, it says a place of refuge or safety. 
a sanctuary being a place of refuge or safety. So when I think about God and my relationship with God and and how I move and and do and and my relationships that I have both with my sons, with my mother, um, with Demario, Mister, as we call him sometimes, um, it's very important that they know that I'm a place of peace for them. When I think about my sons in particular, I'm very strategic and I'm very intentional about how I interact with my sons. That's why, you know, I made a joke about them being so comfortable sharing all these different facets of their life. But I also know others who have suffered um, their child either committed suicide or their child went through a very deep depression, deals with levels of anxiety they never knew about because they didn't see their parents, that family dynamic as a place of peace, as a place of safety. They didn't have that sanctuary. My home is my son's sanctuary. Our home, I should say, is our sanctuary. When they go home, they know that's their place to voice whatever they're feeling, whatever's been going on, whatever um, is is happy, sad, mood point. I don't care. They know they can do that. When we're having dialogue about what's happening in the family, we have dialogue. My sons have a voice. It's very important that they know their voice matters. As they mature, I want them to always be confident in how they express their opinions and teach them how to do it. Uh, Something I'm really big on is spelling bees. We do them at home all the time because guess what? In school, they don't do it very much. I'm finding out like the whole vocabulary expansion thing ain't really happening. So guess who took charge of that? I want my sons to be able to articulate themselves. The better you are able to communicate, the better you are to love, the better you are to move and build relationships. So I say all that to say that a sanctuary truly is a place of safety and refuge. If you are going to start looking for your booze or whatever it is that you're doing right now, whatever type of relationships you're building, can you embody what it is to be a sanctuary? So um, this kind of came up for those of you who uh, follow the hip hop world. You guys know I love music. I love all facets of music, uh, hip hop being one of them. Well, there was a uh, post that I saw from Lauren London. Lauren London is an accomplished actress um, through her hip hop artist um boyfriend, Nipsey Hussle, who had passed, who had been murdered earlier this year. He also was a uh, prominent hip hop artist and businessman in California. And so I saw her post on Instagram. And honestly, this is where the prompting came from to talk about this topic. So her post was really touching when he passed. And it said, I am completely lost. I've lost my best friend, my sanctuary, my protector, my soul. I've lost with, I'm lost without you. We are lost without you, babe. I have no words. Now, what caught my attention is when she said my sanctuary. Because when I think of what we just talked about, in terms of what a sanctuary is, she's saying that this man embodied safety to her. He was a place she could go. She could be completely vulnerable. She could be who she is in every way, not what you see as the actress, not what you see maybe as the friend or daughter, but she could be in every way herself with him and not feel uh, unsafe or not feel like she would be attacked. So when you're thinking about connecting with someone, be it in business, be it um, relationships from an intimate level, which is what we're talking about today, I want you to begin to think about, are you being that? First of all, because we request a lot of things of people. But the question is, are you being it first? I I always throw that to the ladies that I talk to or the ladies I get to coach from time to time, especially my single mothers where my ministry is prominent in. I always ask the question, you say you want this, 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 this and this is in this husband or in in this man that you are looking to uh, be with. But my question to you is, do you embody what you ask for? So if you expect him to have a 700 plus credit score, you expect him to be financially fit. You expect him to be sound in his uh, biblical practices. If you expect all these things, he's a leader, he's, he's known in the community. But can you embody that? Can you be that to him if that's what he desires? I find it amazing. 
I promise you, I find it amazing. Every woman I've talked to recently, well, if they can't bring anything to the table, I don't want to talk to them. But what, what, what's on the table? <laughs> because we all have our assets in our own right. And you should look at yourself as an asset, first of all. And if you don't, then you need to do some healing. You need to do some work within yourself. You should look at yourself as an asset and not a liability. So if I see a table, and let's, let's just use the holidays are coming up, right? And so Thanksgiving is coming, Christmas is coming. And if you're getting together as a family, uh, depending on who decides to take on the majority of the food or if you all agree to bring a dish, what are you bringing to the table? <laughs> does it fit what we're doing at the time? Or does it fit the, the fold of the family, right? But yet we want all these different things, but yet we want to bring so little, and then we wonder why someone doesn't want to be vulnerable. Someone doesn't want to expose themselves at the highest level, which means I show you my weaknesses. I show you my strengths. I show you my fears. I show you my doubts. That's what it is to be a sanctuary. The question is, can you do that? Can you be that for someone else when you're asking that of someone else? I don't think we really take the time to understand what God provides us every single day. When you wake up, it's actually a gift. But we don't, we don't even look at it as such consistently. What it is to be in a grateful state of mind is to say, I am appreciative of the fact of the things that I have and not, oh, I wish I had more money in the bank. Oh, I wish I had a different career. Oh, I wish my husband or my boyfriend would change this or that about it. Instead of, this person appreciates me for me. Instead of, I have shelter because guess what? It's cold outside and there is someone or a bunch of people out in this world who don't have a place to go. They have to find shelter. They have to find a blanket. They're on the corners asking for money. And that's not you, but we take that for granted. The car you drive, because someone drives something a little flashier, you get a little in your feelings about, well, why don't I have that? They're younger than me or they're more accomplished and I've done this, that, and the other. Why am I still here, right? Instead of being appreciative of what you do have, God affords you so much. And that's what a sanctuary is. There are dangers you don't even know that you've been covered from that he does every single day. And yet we don't say thank you. All right, so let me break it down if we don't want to go that big to just dealing with the people in your life every single day. As you're out here searching for more, the question is, do you appreciate what you have? There are individuals who look out for you and they don't ask you for anything but a thank you, but a kind word now and then that you notice what they do for you. But what do we do? We want more. We live in a society where more is better. And I just said, I'm like no makeup November, right? So less is more in my world. I love those who are out here doing the minimalist situations. I love it. Why do I love it? Because we take away the need to have stuff and we focus on what's really satisfying to the soul. That's what a sanctuary is, guys. Think about your relationships and that individual when you're in your most hurting moment and you just need to have a place of peace and that person provides that to you. Can I tell you the reason they're able to provide that to you is because God is in them in that moment to provide it for you. We're all willing vessels. The problem is, or let me say it the right way, we're all vessels, but are you willing to be that vessel? Being a sanctuary is not easy. I've been a sanctuary for a lot of people. Being a sanctuary means I can talk to you and you don't go tell everybody else what I told you. I know what it is to be betrayed. I've had that happen where I exposed myself at the most lowest of low moments in my life. And that person literally took that information and you might as well just put it on Facebook. I mean, truly. And it was like, wow, really? <laughs> but I can tell you what it did for my confidence and I can tell you what it did for me as a confidant now. I wouldn't dare take someone's pain or a moment of weakness or a moment of sorrow and say, yeah, girl, let me tell you what's going on. That's why she looks like that. Or yeah, girl, he looked like that because this, that and the other is going on in their household. No, 
A sanctuary says no matter what you say, no matter what is going on, no matter what you're feeling, it doesn't matter. The good, the bad, the ugly. I'm here. I'm willing to lock arms with you and help you get through it. I'm going to be a place of safety. I'm going to be a place of refuge. Refuge means if I'm in danger, I can come to you and seek shelter. I can seek a place where I can, I can come get my life together, right? Um, shoot, Italian stallion can tell you. When I went through, when I was going through the beginning stages of my divorce, he was one of the homes that I crashed on a couch at, literally. Was I embarrassed? Absolutely. Can I tell you with all confidence and not be embarrassed now? Absolutely. Why? Because I want someone else to learn who they have in their in their presence or in their circle that wants to be that for you. But because you have these walls, because you are afraid, because you've been hurt before, you miss the way God provides people in your life, the willing vessels to represent his love. Again, go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting at the fourth verse. They represent the kindness. They're long suffering with you, right? Marriage is long suffering, guys. <laughs> to be married, it means that look, I with with the crap you bring, I still love you. <laughs> with your crazy mom or dad or sister, brother, cousins, and all of them, I still love you. If you're doing blended families, you know your kids are a little different than my kids, but I still love you. Right? It's not about we look good in a picture together, or we're building great businesses together. We look a certain way to the people. No, it means when I see you at the bare bones of who you are. I still love you. I can still be kind. I can still be patient. I can still be long-suffering. I can still not keep record of wrong. That's a big deal in being a sanctuary. Are you with someone or are you developing a relationship with someone that is constantly bringing up your past? That is when you got into an argument or we'll just call it some, some strong dialogue, as I like to say, got a strong dialogue debate, if you will, but they keep bringing it back up. That's not keeping record of wrong. <laughs> That's not keeping record of wrong, as the scripture says. That is keeping record of wrong because every opportunity I have to stab you again will remember that's just like you did. Da, 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 da. No, if we agreed to squash it or we, we agreed to move on from it, why are we still reliving it? That's not being a sanctuary. That is being someone who is putting them in harm's way. That is someone who is putting that individual in a space where they recognize you as being a threat than being an ally. I hope that's making sense to you all um, because I really wanted to drive home this point and I see it so often in women and I'm finding more in men because men don't communicate the same in terms of their emotions. A lot of times you have to be so in tune with the man that what he doesn't say says a lot. And that's just because a lot of times men are not taught how to truly express themselves. And if they do, if they cry, if they uh, whimper in any way, they're weak. The only time they're really allowed to do it is when they're with mommy and they're little, right? Because typically if they fall down, what happens? Daddy says, get up. He's fine. Don't worry about him, right? And mom's like, oh, my baby, come here, right? Guess what, ladies? That's what we are still as adult individuals. There's still a little girl, there's still a little boy that exists that wants to be fed the way a child needs to be fed. This is why the scripture says be childlike because a child has a level of innocence and love where they can go off on each other and then you'll see them go play again with their toys and they're happy. <laughs> like what just happened? You guys were just about to kill each other. Yeah, we're fine now. <laughs> so I really wanted to drive home today the importance of understanding what it is to be a sanctuary. God is a sanctuary to us every single day, whether we recognize him or not. His love is long-suffering because think about yourselves if your parents, for my parents out there, how many times you do so many things for your kids and it just goes like, it, you're supposed to do that. I'll never forget my son. He had a little moment where he wasn't happy with how he looked and he was in the mirror. He's like, 
what girl's going to want a guy with this on his head? And I'm like, what? Are you serious? You know, I think that, and I'm, I'm a typical mom. I think my sons are so handsome and gorgeous and all that, right? And so I'm like, well, son, you know you're handsome, right? <sighs> mom, you're supposed to say that. No, I, actually, I don't. I don't have to say it. <laughs> I don't. I can just make you assume in a sense, like, why don't you not know that about yourself and keep it moving? I know there are abusive parents out there that don't show the same level of love that I show my sons. There are some parents who don't see themselves as abusive, but just don't express themselves. Quite honestly, I grew up in a household where the women did not cry. I am not exaggerating. It was not okay to cry. You know what you did? If there's something happened, you dealt with it, you get up, you keep it moving. And that's because I came from a long line of women who um, were independent, unfortunately, single mothers. Um, also, just fathers weren't present. And so guess what? They took on the provider protector mode. And guess what that meant? You didn't have time to cry. You didn't have time to be emotional. And I had to learn that over time, how to unpack that so that I didn't inflict that on my sons. That's what it is to be a sanctuary. Why am I driving that home? Because a lot of you are out here with this whole cuddle season situation. And can I tell you, you're going about it all the wrong ways. You have voids. We talked about in the last podcast, myself and uh, Italian Stallion, when we talked about what men deal with and how the importance of understanding don't go into marriage or don't go into a relationship trying to fill a void. Only God can fill the voids that exist, but you have to be willing to heal. Revenge is easy. Whatever areas you are hurting, whatever areas you've had uh, that someone harmed you, it's, it's easy to go get revenge on somebody, but really it's better to be healed. It's better to be healed. It's better to go after the healing because the revenge, you'll still have the hurt. You'll still have the hole that exists and you will never be able to truly be a sanctuary to someone else and someone to you because how can I allow someone to come and be in a space and feel okay to be vulnerable if you're always attacking me? A sanctuary opens itself, open arms and says, come in. But trust me, if you're like the person who's the bomb threat, if you will, if you come in, my whole world gets tore up or I have to now unpack what you just did to me and I wasn't even the cause of it. Do I really want to be your sanctuary? Mm, that's more of like a punching bag. I suggest go to some kickboxing classes and get therapy, right? Uh, so again, be a sanctuary. What is it to be a sanctuary? You are a place of safety and refuge. You are the person who they can be vulnerable, vulnerable with. You're the person they can be transparent with. You're the person they can be flawed and yet still be adored as the gift that they are, not only to you, but to this world. You are the person that they can be weak and have their moments of anxiety, doubt, worries, fears, what have you, and not be judged for it. Uh, and you're the person they can share their dreams with their visions, their goals, and not be concerned, you're going to steal it and use it for yourself and have it on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and you name it, right? That's what it is to be a sanctuary. And so I appreciate Lauren London bringing that to a remembrance, remembrance, excuse me, for me, because what it really did was just drive home the importance of, of really fostering healthy, helpful relationships from a heart posture. And that's what we're going to continue to talk about here in cuddle season. So I want to carry on the conversation. I want to hear from you. I want to know um, how your feelings and, and some things you've dealt with. Guys, you know what to do. Drop it in my DM. I'd love to hear from you. Let's continue the conversation because that's what it's about. And as I always say to you, may your Monday be far from ordinary and your week manifest into God's best. I love you. Talk to you again soon. Thank you.